0: You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody has a wonderful and has been having a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I know I sure am, or a week, I should say. It's almost the weekend. I'm all scatterbrained, but that's okay. Because it's Thursday, two days away from Razorback football. And we've been doing this theme of having... Uh, former Razorbacks of their numbers joining us here on the podcast. But today we had to switch it up just a little bit because I have a very special guest, equally as special, and that is someone who's going to be on the broadcast for the SEC Network this weekend for this Arkansas game against Georgia, and that's former Georgia back, Georgia quarterback DJ Shockley, and also a current SEC Network analyst, DJ. Really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. D- do you? How excited are you to finally have SEC football? The not only this weekend, but also you calling an SEC football game.
2: Well, guys, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I'm excited, man. Uh, you know, we, we just had a chance to get off the phone probably about an hour ago. Well, the on a Zoom call with uh, all the coaches from Arkansas, both coordinators and coach, and You could just tell the excitement uh, that they're excited to get their team on the field and finally get them to play. We talked to Georgia yesterday, and, uh, you know, for the last, you know, two or three months, it's been up and down. Will it happen? Won't it happen? And then the last couple of weeks, We've been watching everybody else play. Now we finally get some ball, and I'm excited that the SEC is finally back. And, uh, the best conference in the land, man, gets to showcase uh, some of the best talent for sure.
0: So what is Georgia's quarterback situation going into this game? I know they haven't officially named a starter, but how do you feel about, uh, of course, Jake Fromm moved on, and now you've had um, a quarterback opt out, and you have a couple of guys competing for that spot. What's the quarterback situation like?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a big question, especially in Athens and uh, for Georgia. Who's going to take that snap? You talking about Jamie Newman being a guy who they thought was going to be the quarterback. Now you get one Mavis and J.C. Daniels. J.C. Daniels, of course, is the transfer from USC. Has tons of talent. Is uh, very cerebral, uh, but he's coming off a knee injury. Uh, he's been off it for about a year. and Still hasn't been technically cleared to play, but has the experience and has played in some major college football, but not in the SEC, so that's a concern. And then you got DeWan Mathis who is more of the mobile athletic kind of guy, but also can sling it all over the yard too. So they got two pretty good quarterbacks at that position who've been fighting it out. And uh from what I hear both have been very impressive in camp. And uh, of course Kirby doesn't want to give uh coach Pittman any uh, uh help in, you know, trying to figure out who's gonna be the guy. So uh he's kept everybody in suspense on that part but uh, DeJuan Masters and J.C. Daniels will be the QBs, I think, who will uh, obviously play in this ballgame.
1: I want to ask you about Sam Pittman because I think everybody is kind of just a wait-and-see process. It's his first head coaching gig at Arkansas. But Razorback fans are pretty optimistic, and they know that this year is, of course, going to be a tough one, just like it is for many teams. But what do you make of Sam Pittman being the head coach of Arkansas, and what do you think the future holds for him here at the U of A?
2: You know, guys, I'll be honest. I am a big fan of Sam Pittman. I am a big fan of what he represents. I'm a big fan of how he recruits. Uh, And the number one thing that I love about Sam Pittman is he actually cares about his players. He cares about uh, the place he's at. And from everything I hear, when we talked to him earlier, he said, I want it to be at Arkansas. I want to be a part of bringing this program back to where it should be. And I'm excited to see what he does. Of course, it's going to take him, you know, a couple years to get to, the recruiting class and the type of players he wants into this program, but I'm excited about the culture that he has already set. And you just listen to some of the players, and we just had a chance to talk to the coaches to hear the way they talk about him. You know they're going to give everything they have when they go out and play for him on Saturday. Uh, he's an excitable guy. He's a guy who uh, it's easy to play for, um, and I think you know in a couple of years he's going to have Arkansas. Uh, playing at a real high level, being very competitive in the SEC, and I mean he's got a great staff. He's got Kendall Browns who, everywhere he's been, he's been electrifying as far as putting up points and putting pressure on defense with that style of offense. Then you bring over Barry Oldham from Missouri, who has that head coaching uh, ability behind him, so he has that kind of to, to lean on when he needs it. So I think he's got a staff that's put in pretty good position to help this program go in the right direction
0: as a former quarterback you've seen uh felipe franks play over the years what are your thoughts on felipe franks
2: you know what i'm just as excited to watch felipe play as well i mean uh i've listened to him talk i've you know heard what the coaches have said about him and of course the experience factor you can't you can't talk about how big that is playing in the sec played at florida put up some big numbers has had led them to 10 win seasons he's You know, been a guy who can throw it all over the yard, has some athleticism to him. So I'm excited to see what he can look like in this offense. And then also, I could tell he's changed from a mental standpoint. And I heard him speak the other day, and he talked about how he's matured after he got hurt. And he started to understand what's it like to be a better player, a better teammate, a better person. And I think that maturity factor is going to show really big for Arkansas this year. And I'm excited to see what he can do in this new look offense with, you know some of the big weapons he has in this offense to help
1: him. Now, DJ, obviously uh, Georgia—they're going to be a team that everyone's going to struggle with this year. But in game one, if Arkansas—if Arkansas was going to find a way to upset the Bulldogs, how are they going to have to do it, or what's going to be uh, what's Georgia going to have to do to make sure that happens?
2: Well, you know what I think. Number one thing for Arkansas—they got to take care of the football. You can't give a team like Georgia extra possession. Or give them opportunities that are deserving because you turn the football over, and you hurt yourself. Uh, for Arkansas offensively, you got to be able to get first downs. You got to be able to move the chains. You got to score points when you you get into the red zone, and you got to limit the explosive plays that Georgia will have. is a team that's known to be able to, to put up big numbers and you know run it down your throat. And last year, you know they had one of the top defenses in the country, so it's going to be tough sledding. But I think the number one thing is if Arkansas takes care of the football put together some consistent drives, and also don't give up those big plays. They got a chance to be in this ballgame.
0: And Georgia's defense seems to be the driving force of the team. And from an offensive standpoint, they not only lost their quarterback, they lost a couple of offensive linemen. How does Georgia go about replacing some of that talent?
2: Well, you know, the, the good thing for Georgia is they have extremely good depth. And they've had guys who played last year, even though those guys left, and uh, what happened for Georgia last year is they had a few guys who ended up starting now had a chance to start in the Sugar Bowl when they played against Baylor, so those guys moved right into the starting role, and then they lose Sam Pittman, obviously, who is a outstanding offensive line coach, but they also go out and hire Matt Luke, who is uh, equally as good at that position, has played it, and understands what it takes to you know get those guys going, so they got some guys who played tons of football for them, uh, now they're moving into those starting roles, so uh, Georgia seems pretty set at that offensive line spot to be good to go.
1: We'll continue our discussion with DJ Shockley here in just a second, though. But, folks, you've heard me tell you about rockauto.com. And just how incredibly easy it is. Like, we all like to do things on our vehicles. They all need maintenance. They all need new things. Sometimes we like to make them last as long as possible. And luckily, there's a website that can make it as easy and as affordable as anywhere. And that is rockauto.com. If you need something new in your vehicle, maybe you're a do it yourself, or Maybe you need uh, en- engine modules. Maybe you need cup holders. Maybe you need door handles. Whatever it is. That's what Rock Auto is all about. RockAuto.com has you taken care of with their massive catalog from different makes and models of all different types of vehicles. And the best thing about it is it's very reliably low when it comes to their prices. That's what it's about. High quality but low cost. And not only do you have such a plethora of different uh, parts and everything when it comes to trucks and vehicles and all that stuff. But you also have the ability to go in and shop where it makes it easy to help you out if you're not totally sure what you need for your vehicle. So no matter what it is, rockauto.com can take care of you. So go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and also write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. All right, rockauto.com, it's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com.
0: Locked on Razorbacks, your
2: daily Arkansas
1: Razorbacks podcast. Speaking with DJ Shockley, former Georgia quarterback and current SEC network analyst here on the CERTA Pro Painters Hotline. Uh, you know, DJ, Kirby Smith and George has just been fascinating to me because when, when the hire was made, I think most people thought that Kirby was going to be the next big thing, but he certainly elevated Georgia to being a program that is not only competing for SEC titles but for national titles. But he's yet to break through. He was really close one year. We know that great game that happened between Alabama and Georgia. Uh, how close do you think Kirby Smart in this program is to, until they break through and finally get that national championship?
2: I think they're just as close as, you know, uh, a lot of the top teams around the country. And like you mentioned, you know, back in the second year when he had a chance to take him to the national championship and lost to the end, they were right there. They were a little ahead of schedule. And I think everybody – when they looked at Kirby Smart and the way he recruits, thought that it would be maybe the third or fourth year that they would be knocking on the door for a national championship. And the way they recruited, the way he coaches, the way they go about their business, uh, I don't see why Georgia won't be in the mix at the end of the year. Uh, Obviously, they're very talented on both sides of the ball, and Kirby has had them in that position for the last few years. But obviously, finishing is the biggest part for Georgia, and we've seen that over the last couple of years in those big games versus LSU and Alabama, they just haven't been able to find a way to finish those ball games out and get into, you know, that national championship game or even win it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this team forms. Obviously with the new quarterback in place, that's going to be the biggest key Uh, defensively. They can lean on that, but uh, the signal caller is there. They got everybody else around them to be really good. And Georgia uh, probably is, you know, as good as anybody else to have the chance to be playing in the
0: Final Four. And we know that um, there are expectations every year as a program. Georgia feels like they should challenge for SEC championships and national championships. But from a fan standpoint, what do you hear from the fans in the area about how they're feeling about the team, and especially because they have lost some talent? What are the fans saying? Are, are they saying that we still should be there, where we're trying to win a national championship this year?
2: Yeah, Joe, you know, the crazy thing is, the Georgia fans, since going to that national championship, you know, in Kirby's second year, now it's been championship a bust. I mean, when I was there, it was, hey, we want to win an SEC championship. We haven't done that in a long time. Everybody's excited about that. But once you go to a national championship and you're that close to winning it, now the fan base believes that you should be there every single year and have a chance to win it. So uh, from a fan standpoint, they expect to be there. They expect, regardless of who leaves, that Kirby has recruited good enough, that the depth there is good enough where we can play for it every single year. So uh, the fans, they expect it. Uh, anything else other than playing in a, a national championship or playing in college football playoffs, uh, would be a, uh, a down year for Georgia fans.
1: Let me throw you a little bit of a curveball, DJ, because something we discussed earlier in the show was dealing with the SEC and how – We all know that this year's schedule is going to be uh, out of the ordinary. But I've always felt like, just like they did in SEC basketball, in SEC football, if they got rid of divisions, where you had, say, three permanent teams you play every year for each team, and then you had five rotating opponents for the rest of the SEC. Some people agree, some people don't, but I want your thoughts on it. Do you think that that would ever be something that the SEC looks at where – maybe they eliminate divisions. That way schedules aren't so top-heavy every year for certain teams, and you're able to have more exposure to different teams in more years.
2: No, I hear you, man. I'm a, I am I think it sounds like a, a pretty good deal, uh, but I don't think the SEC is uh, willing to do it because I guess it's worked so well with the East and the West, and you have an opportunity to possibly play a team that you didn't play in a championship game, and there's that rivalry to it. Uh, but I think everybody is extremely excited the way it looks right now. I think everybody's excited that we're going to get 10 games and they're all going to be SEC. And this is what you will sign up for every single year if you're a fan. So uh, I know everybody's excited for this particular schedule, but I think in the long run, the SEC is in favor of still keeping the division. So you have a East and West you have a, a championship game at the end, and it's not all about just the number one or two teams. You got to win that division first and be able to get a chance to play for a championship.
0: And you mentioned that all conference schedule there, DJ. Um, how do you feel about? Is this something you would like to see maybe moving forward and adding maybe one conference game or maybe adding a couple more where you don't play as many non-conference teams? Yeah,
2: man, I, I love this type of sport, this Type of schedule, man. I think it gives credence to why the SEC is so good. And at the end of the year, if you're able to run Miss Dolly, I think everybody says you're deserving to be in the in the playoffs. And if you add one or two teams here or there, then you know I, I'm not opposed to that either. But you know, you, you look around the landscape of college football, and, and you say you put any other school any other conference in the SEC, and they have to play this particular schedule every week, the coaches will tell you it's brutal and. I know Coach Pittman is looking at it like, man, why did I have to get this type of schedule in my first year (laughs) where you get Florida and Georgia from the east on both sides as well as everybody from the west. Uh, But it gives you an instance of where your team is. And right off the bat, you know, Arkansas is going to get a chance to see where they're staying. But I think a lot of teams around the conference look at it every single week you got to bring it. And without having those, you know, maybe cupcake games, you know, you know exactly where you're staying with your football team.
1: We'll continue our discussion with DJ Shockley of the SEC Network here in just a second. But first, this.
0: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
1: You know, I want to take you back real quick, DJ, to your playing days when you were at Georgia. Uh, You know, in in your final year with the Bulldogs, it was a great season. You guys were a top five team for the most of the year. But I wanna ask you, do you remember anything about that time when you played Arkansas in Athens? You got the victory twenty three to twenty. But was there anything that you remember about that game or just that season in general?
2: I mean, are you trying to rub something in here? I mean I mean, come on. <laughs>
1: that game
2: was that game was not good for me. I remember you know what's so ironic about it is uh I remember playing that game and end up getting hurt in that game and the guy who actually hit me, who hurt me, was my my teammate once I got into the NFL, which was Jabal Anderson. And uh It it was uh, funny after the fact, but I remember us playing against Arkansas and me moving up in the pocket, and one guy hits me high, one guy hits me low, and I get like an MCL sprain. So I do remember the Arkansas game for sure. Uh, It brings back some some uneasy moments with the injury, but uh, I was glad that uh, we still were able to come out with the win uh, uh, to a tough team that day.
0: And then you mentioned that uh, Jamal became your teammate once you made it to the NFL, but what was it like for you growing up in Georgia, playing at Georgia, and then you go on to play for the Falcons.
2: Yo, it's pretty cool, man. Not not many guys can say that they played in their home state and then played at the highest level in their home state as well. I never thought in my wildest dream that I would have been drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, my home team, and be able to, you know, have a career there. Um, It's pretty cool. Uh, Not many guys, you know, I've looked over time, there's probably four or five guys ever that's been able to stay in their own hometown and play major college football and play in the National Football League in their home state. So uh, extremely blessed, extremely uh, proud to have that moment, and uh, definitely something that I will remember for a long time and be thankful for.
1: Well, I know that uh, you got a lot going on, uh, DJ. But I just want to ask you, since uh, I know you're going to be on the broadcast this weekend, just kind of give us an idea of what you think goes down in this Arkansas Georgia game. I, I'm not thinking that you'll pick an upset for the Razorbacks, but do you see this game being close? Do you, how do you see it all playing out?
2: You know, what was so crazy about it? There's so many unknowns in this ball game. I mean, uh, you talk about the Georgia side with the quarterbacks. You talk about you don't have. They got a new coordinator, Todd Monken. They want to be more of an air raid spread attack and how much do they do that you got on the Arkansas side you got a whole new staff you got a new quarterback you got some talented receivers and backs I mean you got Barry Olin on the defensive side Kittle Browse is bringing in this you know up-tempo fast-paced offense how well do they do with it and you know in this ball game how much do they give to Felipe French? you know it's, it's you know, I'm interested because I'm not sure which way or which team will come out and play their best football because there's so many unknowns and there's unknowns at the big positions. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just as excited as anybody to, to be able to be able to call this game. But I'm excited to see what happens because of the unknowns and what could happen. I mean, Arkansas can come out and the tempo could easily, you know, get Georgia down for a little bit and you know keep them, you know, stagnant for a little bit if Georgia has a couple you know, bad series and Arkansas moves the ball up and down the field. I mean, anything could happen in this ball game with these two offenses and with these coordinators and coaches, you know, being in this ball game with the familiarity that Kirby has with Sam and Sam has with Kirby. It's just going to be fun to watch, man. I'm excited that this is uh, a week one matchup and, uh, you know, we're going to get a chance to be a part of it.
1: Well, DJ, we really appreciate you joining us, man. It was fun to talk some football with you now that we actually have football to talk about. I know you're <laughs> excited and we're excited, yeah. but uh, good luck on the call on Saturday, man, and we'll be looking forward to catching up with you later down the road.
2: Hey fellas. I appreciate you guys having me, and uh, you guys take
1: care. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then.